this is Revel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. For Timeline Clarity, the show was recorded and uploaded in July 2009. My guest today is one of the leading raw food promoters in the UK. She has 16 years' experience in raw eating and is raising a family of three boys on a predominantly raw diet. She is former editor of Get Fresh, the world's most popular raw food magazine, and author of the bestseller Eat Smart, Eat Raw. She also runs Raw Living, one of Europe's leading suppliers of raw food, superfoods, and kitchen equipment. Welcome, Kate Magic Wood. <laughs> Kate Magic Wood. Let me get the whole name in there. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for coming on the show today. You're very welcome. Kate, let's let's do a little background here. How did you get started with raw? Um, well this is back like in the early nineties and I was just I was I was always like into healthy foods. I was just one of those people that like when the rest of my family was drinking coffee I wanted apple juice and when they were having, you know, like cereals out of the packet I wanted muesli and I was always I was always just after healthy foods and so as soon as I left home I became a vegetarian and then Within a year of becoming vegetarian, I became a vegan, and then within a couple of years, really, of being vegan, I was just I was eating a really high raw diet. You know, like a lot of healthy vegans, I was eating a lot of fruit and eating a lot of salads. And somebody said to me, "You're like a raw foodist." I didn't even know what a raw foodist was, and he showed me the Fresh Network at that point in the UK was just like an A4 because this is obviously pre-internet. Back in those days, it was really hard to find out information, especially in the UK because we didn't have any books, so. It wasn't like we could just go on Amazon and order books. It was like you didn't know where to buy books or how to find out anything. So the Fresh Network was just this kind of A4 photocopied news sheet. And I started reading it and it just, it all sort of started making sense. It was all like, okay. So I thought, okay, I'm going to give this a go and just tried to go 100% raw overnight, which didn't work as it doesn't for most people, but it was the beginning of a, of a yeah of a lifelong journey really yeah i, I started approximately the same time you did about uh oh, yeah. phew, i'd say about 13 years ago and you're right i had one book by a woman named baker and i looked at what she had and i said no this this looks too difficult and they're they just i mean i don't even think amazon was around at that time they're no, not no. being able to order from them yeah now, were you raw when you had your children? There's going to be a lot of people who are interested in raw with children. Yeah, I well, I tried to be. I wasn't very successful at it. I think, you know, I do, I teach a lot of classes in the UK, and I did one just on Monday, um, just especially on kids, and I had about 11 parents there. And it's it's so brilliant to see now all these people trying to bring their children up raw and that it's I find that so I find it really moving when I sit in a room full of people and you can see this there's a new generation coming through and they're getting this really fantastic start and there was one woman there, I think she was from Portugal really lovely woman and her baby was really tiny still and she said she'd had a more or less fully raw pregnancy and she said she'd taken an awful lot of superfoods all through the pregnancy and that's what really kept her going well, back when I had Reuben in, what was that, 96, I got pregnant with Reuben. You know, we didn't, I didn't know about maca and I didn't know about cacao. I didn't know about, I was taking things like blue-green algae and aloe vera, but it was, it was really, really hard. It was just really hard to get the right information. So everything I was doing, I was doing on intuition. And 
I guess I was probably about fifty percent raw with my pregnancy with Reuben. But I think it's I think it's really important that you just listen to your body and I think it's really dangerous if people just kind of get this raw thing fixated in their head and that overrides what actually their body's needs are because when you're growing a baby like that, you just getting the right nutrition is much more important than trying to stick to the ideal way of eating, you know. So I think if people start craving fish then it's probably means they need the essential fatty acids if people start craving cheese it probably means they need the vitamin d so i think it's really wise to just go with your body when you're pregnant and if you've got the right information and you've got the right support and you can be fully raw then that's absolutely fantastic but it's not a time to be beating yourself up because you've eaten too many biscuits <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, I've heard people who've been raw for quite some time when they get pregnant women of course uh, tell me that they've had to go to goat's milk or something like that, that they've added dairy to their food program or eggs. It's really common. And what I found after, you know, obviously every time I got pregnant, I kind of had more of awareness about what was changing in my body and, and how I was going to respond to that. And what I kind of felt is that um, it like put me back a few years in my kind of terms of where I was at with my diet. So each time I got pregnant, or, you know, as you, as the more, the longer you stay raw, the more your diet evolves and the more you find the right foods for you and the less you get cravings for cooked foods. And, you know, the more you kind of fine tune the diet. And what happened, I felt, is every time I got pregnant, it was like I was going back to where I was about two or three years before in terms of my cravings for cooked foods and my inability to, to keep up that kind of raw energy. You know, it was like something, because you're going, so your body's, all your resources in your body are being so drained that if you haven't got that extra vavavoom, it just takes you back to you know where you were when you weren't so um, streamlined. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Kay, I read in your book, Rod, Living, Detox Your Life and Eat the High Energy Way, that your children crave what you had when you were pregnant. Yeah, not so much now, they're getting older, but they definitely did when they were little. And Zachary, the third one, I had the most, I had the best diet with him when I was pregnant. And he was the one that when he was born, you know, he used to love wheatgrass. He won't drink it now, but he used to love green juice and he used to love wheatgrass. Whereas, you know, I think definitely Reuben had more cravings for cooked foods when he was a baby because I was eating cooked foods when I was pregnant with him. So I really definitely think that what you eat when they're in the womb has a, is is all you're already setting down their their foundations for their diet you know the minute you get pregnant and how, how were the births was there any difference between the ones where you had where you were eating more cooked food as opposed to the ones where you were predominantly raw um i don't know that's pretty hard to say i wasn't you know, I do think some people naturally pop out babies and some people don't. And I was one of those don'ts. I think it's it's also quite hereditary. I think generally if your mum has long labours and your mum has long pregnancies, then you're more likely to. And if your mum has easy labours, then you're more likely to. And I know that all my mum's pregnancies went over to like 42 weeks and all three of my pregnancies were carried to 42 weeks. And um, all three of them were just really, really long labours. So 
none of them were fun. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have any. I didn't have any ecstatic births, unfortunately. <laughs> Not having had any myself, I'm always curious as to why y'all do it again. <laughs> I think it's inbuilt. I think there's this genetic thing that makes you totally forget how. Yeah, you just forget. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> now, you say predominantly raw. When when you're not eating raw or the children aren't eating raw, what do they eat? Or you? At home, then more or less we have this very little, very little stuff that we cook in the house. Occasionally, like in the winter, Reuben was having a bit of quinoa. He's going to school. He's been at Steiner School the past year, Wardolf School the past year. And... Um, all the children in his class, I've been quite surprised because Waldorf's, you know, generally quite alternative, but all the children in his class are just very standard, on very standard diets. They all eat, most of them are meat. I think there's only two vegetarians in the class and they're just eating normal stuff. And he went into, he's been home educated for three years before that. So he went into this environment where they all kind of knew each other and they were all, you know, on this quite a dense diet compared to what he's eating. And he just was too unbalanced, you know, because he's sitting there with his his salads and he's just too yin, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? And he couldn't, mm -hmm. he was finding it hard to, um, he just wasn't very grounded. He'd come home and he was just like all over the place. Ah! And I'm like, Ruben, you just, you just need to ground. You really do. <laughs> and so he's been taking cooked quinoa in his lunch so he has like quinoa and broccoli or quinoa and lettuce or quinoa and avocado or, you know it's all more raw food than cooked food in his thing but a bit of quinoa just helps him kind of integrate with those children that are on that much denser diet you know at the moment as well there's in the uk we have um they're called jersey royals the little new potatoes that are really sweet they're like little baby ones mm -hmm. and they're in season now and we get some organic ones from a local farm and you know they're having those maybe like twice a week with their salads but you know Ruben Ethan will have a big huge bowl of like you know leafy greens and alfalfa and tahini and you know barley grass and all this great stuff with some potatoes in so I think I just still think that's brilliant <laughs> when you see them eating a big bowl of greens if it's got a few potatoes in that's not an issue for me you know Absolutely. And that's interesting what you said about them being too yin because I was uh, I did an interview t uh, this week with da um, Daniel Vitalis. Vi mm. Let me say that right, Daniel Vitalis. <laughs> he corrected mm. me on that. And he mentioned that, that, that uh, especially men get too yin for, yeah. by eating raw. And um, yeah. so now the trend, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but the trend is going towards eating more uh, young or animal foods, uh, right. which I'd like to chat with you about that in a little bit, but we'll uh, going to take a quickie break here so I can do my thing. We'll be right back with Kate Magic Wood, and her website is rawliving.eu. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, and welcome back to Rockin' Radio. Please check out my newest site, letstalkraw.com, where your questions will be asked of our guests. We've got a full lineup through August 2009 as of this episode. With a small one-time lifetime fee, you can participate in all the interviews by emailing your questions and receive my e-booklet, Let's Talk Raw, an unbaker's dozen of my favorite recipes. I can talk. 
This segment of Rock and Radio is sponsored by PhotoboothLosAngeles.com, the premier photo booth rental company in Southern California. If you know of or are holding an upcoming event, please consider having Photo Booth Los Angeles as part of the festivities. They're available for weddings, graduations, corporate events, reunions, anniversaries, and more. Remember to check me out at twitter.com slash rockinradio and go to cafe press slash revelations. That's with two V's and two L's to pick up some very cute t-shirts, hats, and miscellaneous other items that have to do with raw. We're speaking today with Kate Magic. She is an author and, uh, I mean, you're like this, uh, what do they call them? Renaissance woman. You've got so many things (laughs) to do here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Um, they call it. They call it the slash 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 generation. <laughs> yeah. You know, be one thing. You've got to be writer, mother, photographer, artist, DJ. <laughs> yeah, I see that when I go to the networking <laughs> meetings, the people will say, "Well, I, I have this uh, astro- astrology business, and I also sell send out cards, and then I do this, and I also do this," and I'm like, "Whoa." <laughs> it's called being holistic, isn't it? That's when we're holistic, then we're. We're giving birth to all the parts of ourselves. We're not saying, oh, I'm only allowed to wear one hat in this life. We're like, well, I have this part of me and this part of me and this part of me, and I'm here to express them all. So that's a good way I of think looking that's, at it. That's a lot of what raw foods does as well, doesn't it? It just empowers you to be fully who you are, and it empowers you to say, well, actually, I want to do this, and why shouldn't I? And I'm going to go and follow my dreams. Whereas when you're kind of eating the cooked food and the junk food, and you're feeling, you, you put those limits on yourself, don't you, that say, actually maybe I just better play it safe and not take risks and when you're on the raw food you go I'm just gonna go for it <laughs> well that that's interesting because it does open people up to a lot of things a lot of uh, having to deal with emotions that they hadn't dealt with before and yeah. dealing with people at a different level especially friends and uh, family who don't understand uh, eating raw food yeah what, what's been your uh, experience with all that do, do does anybody come to you and say well your kids are going to starve to death or something no <laughs> <laughs> I think, I they, think they know way, you better yeah I think in a way because I got into it so young that was kind of an advantage because it's just always been who I am and I'd say now probably I'd say maybe 50 percent of my friends are raw but if people you know, I just I attract people into my life who are conscious, people who are who are empowered, who are doing stuff, who are creative, who are who are living their lives. And sometimes they're raw people, and sometimes they're not. But that's I think it's the vibration that you live on, isn't it? And if you're living on that kind of high vibrational, you know what what some people might call the superhero vibration, where you're just you just at full power all the time. Then those are the kind of people you attract in, and whether they're raw or not kind of isn't so much of an issue it's it's whether they're open-minded and whether they're they're living their lives at their full potential you know and oftentimes what happens is I'll meet people and then they go raw because they meet me and they see it working and they'll be like oh I'm gonna try this and you know that's what happens mostly if people aren't raw when they meet me then they are (laughs) after a while of being my friend Well, absolutely, because what what I see oftentimes is women, or women, men and women complaining that they get hassled by people. And I say, you know, once you get into your own self and, and you know, get your own vibration up, that doesn't happen. You, you, yeah. The people who don't belong with you will leave. Yeah, definitely. And, and you'll yeah. attract more. 
Um, so what would you say for women who have not, you know, they're just going raw themselves and they have a family who isn't, how would you suggest they work with, um, and there is a section in your book on this, yeah. um, father yeah, or husband. Yeah, there's quite a lot in raw living. Well, yeah. because when I met Chris, who's the father of two of my children, when I met Chris, he was just vegetarian. So I really did go through all that and I did, you know, and he's he's fully raw now and he has been for, I don't know, seven years or something. So, you know, it, it, it I think it's one of those things if you, you be the change, you know, and I think if you're just eating your raw food and at first your family and your friends are going to go, mm, I don't think you can get all your nutrition on that, you know, but then you keep eating it and they're going to see, you're, they're going to see one, how great you're looking and how much more energy you've got and how happy you are. But two, they're going to see your food. <laughs> and when they start seeing these amazing cakes and the chocolate and the ice creams and the, you know, it's like somebody said to me once she went to a dinner party and she was taking her salad with her and she was really nervous about it because they were all having lasagna or something. And she thought, I'm going to be sitting there feeling like I'm the odd one out with my salad. And she turned up and she had this beautiful salad she'd made and they were all like, oh my God, your food looks so much better than ours because it was alive. And they're mm -hmm. sitting there with this kind of cooked lump of whatever it was on their plates. But she was the one that had the exciting, interesting meal. So I think, you know, if you're, especially because there's so many amazing chefs now, you know, you've got so much inspiration from all these recipe books. If you're, if you're, family see you with these amazing salads and burgers and crackers and breads and all this stuff then they're going to go oh my god actually that looks really good I mean that's what I say about raw magic raw magic was my third book and that's it's a superfood recipe book so all the recipes are superfoods there's not one recipe that hasn't got superfoods in and it was kind of I had a shop um just for a year in 2006 I had a shop in Brighton and all the time we used to get people coming in and saying, you know, what do I do with goji berries? What is maca good for? How do I? And there was a real lack of information on what to do with all these exciting foods. So I kind of wrote Raw Magic to show people, well, here, this is how I don't want people to just be having smoothies as well. This is a thing. And I think a lot of times when people get into superfoods, they're just like, oh, I'll just have a smoothie and I'll put my maca and my bee pollen and whatever in that. And that's it. And I think it's, you've got to just integrate it into your daily diet. And that's it's much more successful when you're doing it like that. So I do things like I put maca in a mayonnaise or, you know, I put cacao in a curry or I put goji berries in a tomato sauce and all that kind of thing. So you're getting these foods just in your day to day foods. And the thing what I always say to people about raw magic is just don't even think about it being healthy. Don't even think about that this is healthy food. Just try the recipes and you'll be going, oh, my God, this is the tastiest food I've ever eaten. You know, and so many people, especially about my cakes, you know, people say these are just the best cakes ever. You don't even have to think about is it nutritious or not? It's just, they're just delicious. <laughs> you know, so I think, you know, if, if, if people around you are being resistant, if you just believe in what you're doing and you just keep on doing it, it's just, it would just work by osmosis, you know. And what happened with Chris is that he would have, I would cook something for him and I would have the raw thing for myself. And I would put a bit of raw on his plate and a bit of cooked on my plate. So his plate would be like, say, 30% raw. And then, of course, over time, he started having 50% raw and then it was 60% raw. And then he was just having like a little bit cooked. And then he stopped wanting the cooked altogether. I remember really, really clearly 
one time it's the potato thing again it must have been this time of year when the new potatoes were in season and i got some organic local seasonal new potatoes and i said he said what we have for dinner and i said potatoes and he said oh, i don't want to eat cooked food <laughs> i've been waiting years to hear you say that because when i first got with him he was like i can't eat a salad that's not a proper meal you know and then the day when he said oh, i don't want cooked food for dinner i was like yes <laughs> oh how sweet is that it's, you know, for me, I always say it's, it's you're listening to your body's intuition and this diet is just about tuning into your body's natural intelligence and your body's natural wisdom. And when you get rid of all those years of junk food programming, when you peel away all the layers of toxicity, these are the foods your body wants. So the more you do it, the more your body just goes, yes, this feels really good. And so you don't have to badger someone and you don't have to kind of rant at them and, you know, try and persuade them to your way of thinking you just have to keep feeding them like this and then they'll go actually i don't like cheese anymore and actually you know your raw cake's much more nicer than this gatto i bought in the shop you know so <laughs> it's it's just it's trusting that the body's natural intelligence will will prevail that that wisdom is there and it will take over because it always does in the end okay so what we're going to do is we're going to take another break and then we're going to talk about a couple other things uh some of which is a little, uh, what's the word I want? Controversial. Yeah, I like controversy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a flash. This is Revel with a rockin' radio. Please take time to check out my other websites, revelations.com. That's with two V's and two L's, where you can sign up for my weekly revelations. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook, find out about my teleclasses or my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and Smoothies and Smoothies for Life. Also books I recommend from Amazon and more. Remember to surrender to the blender for optimal health. To find all my podcasts, including this one, go to <coughs> excuse me, revel.com, two V's and two L's. My guest today, Kate Magic, we're going to get right back to her. Her website, rawliving.eu. Raw living is all one word. Now, we need to get back and let's um, really want to get into some of this controversy. Mm. Now, I know you sell superfoods, and you actually now told me that you've got a book out on them, which I think yeah. is going to be very, very helpful. Like, as you said, people are just throwing them in their smoothies, and they don't know what else to do with them. So I think that's a, a great thing for those who use them and who eat them. But wh what do you think of the divisiveness? I don't even know if you've noticed this, between those who tend to eat very simply, just raw, you know, basically stuff from uh, farmer's market, and those who are promoting superfoods almost to the exclusive, it seems like almost to the exclusivity of fresh picked, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I do. Um, well, there's two things there, isn't there? There's, there's the cacao thing particularly, which causes the most controversy, I think. Yeah, I was going to ask you about um, that. And then there's just the general superfood thing. I mean, I think for us in our house, we do eat really simply and... Um, you know, it's partly I've got three boys. I haven't got time to stand there making all these elaborate meals, you know, and children are generally intuitive eaters. And, and in my experience, children generally do like mono eating or very simple eating. So, you know, for instance, they'll go through phases where Ethan will be into sea spaghetti, you know, like a sea vegetable thing. And he'll want that every day. And that's what he wants for dinner every day for like a month. And then one day he'll turn around and go, I don't like sea spaghetti. And you're like, well, you've been eating. No, no. And he, then he wants flax crackers every day for months, you know. So 
it's it, we do kind of we do eat on a quite a simple basis but the superfoods are an important part of our diet as well and i'd say i'd say over 50 percent of what we eat on a daily basis is is locally and seasonally grown so i try and get as much you know english vegetables and fruits in our diets as i can and if they're not from england then i just try and buy stuff from you know round about like france or germany or spain i try not to you know i very very rarely buy stuff from america or australia or asia so that the basis of our diet is the green vegetables and the the local fruits but with that i'd say maybe 10 to 20 percent of our diet is superfoods and they do make up a very important part of our nutritional composition but we're eating them very small amounts and i think if you if you look in anyone's cupboard whatever they're eating you know everyone's eating rice from india or walnuts from china or and i think it, it's just impossible in this stage i think ideally we would all just be picking our fruit our food from the trees you know it would be in that kind of Anastasia paradise garden model where we're just going out and picking our foods and eating it fresh and that was that would be the ultimate but we're we're not living in that world yet and so whatever anyone's eating I don't think it would be very hard to go into anyone's kitchen and see that that all their food was come from their local environment you know it's when and when you're importing things like rice and beans or all those kind of things they actually they're a lot bulkier to import than the superfoods which we take in really small amounts because they're so potent you know i mean things like reishi i have reishi most days i take quarter of a teaspoon of reishi a day so a packet of reishi lasts me for months you know it's like you there might be a lot of them in the cupboard but they they last for a long time is what i'm saying mm -hmm. okay the uh cacao thing on the other hand is another thing entirely and I have actually I've written an article which you can find on my website called is cacao really good for you um it was Paul Neeson when he started he's been one of the most vocal kind of anti-cacao yeah, people and absolutely I do have to say if I can make this point that it generally seems to me that it's people who eat lots of fruit who are the more didactic and it's the high fruit eaters who tend to be more like you must do this and you can't do this and da, da, da. And generally, and I'm generalizing, but generally it's mm -hmm. the people who are eating the superfoods and the cacao who go, you just do whatever you like and let's live and let live and let's all get on together. So, you know, I, I tend to find that people who eat high fruit diets tend to have a more... Um, and what, well, it's that yin thing again, isn't it? But there's a more, there's just a different attitude to life. And for me, you know, it's just about trying to get the best out of your life and not telling people what to do and not, um, you know, ev everyone's different and everyone has different things that work for them. I think with cacao, it's a very, very powerful food. And I think, you know, you do need to be careful. And I have seen people overdo it on cacao where they are eating too much and that does cause stress on the adrenals and it's not a balanced diet. But for us, you know, we have a lot of greens. As I said, we have I have a litre of green juice every day. I have dark green salads with, you know, kale and I have a lot of seaweed. We eat loads of seaweed in our house, really loads. And so although I do eat chocolate and I do eat chocolate cake, that's not, you know, that's balanced out by the larger amount of greens and stuff and i think if you're just eating lettuce and bananas and then you try and eat chocolate it's going to spin you out much more than if you've got actually a really balanced grounded diet and then a bit of chocolate here and there just evens things out do you see what i mean i do see what you mean um 
I, I find it interesting because I have a friend who has a special needs child. He's got autism. Mm -hmm. And for him, cacao works. Yeah. Now, for me, it knocks me out. I can't, I can't eat it. It doesn't, it doesn't take much, and it'll just knock me out. I can't talk. I can't function. <laughs> I mean, so I, it's just not something that it's works really for me. It's a really powerful food. You know, it's, it's, oh, it's a shamanic food, I think. You know, it's coming to the level where, you know, in a lot of these things, we have things like suma and ashwagandha and reishi, you know, all these things which we take in our house on a daily basis. They're really blurring the line between what is a food and what is a medicine. And, you know, medicines aren't, aren't you know, obviously it's not an appropriate medicine for you and it's not one you need but for a lot of people it is so i think as long as you're taking it in balance and you're not you're not eating too much and i would say really 10 to 20 grams of, of cacao a day is is optimum and if you're doing much more than that then you should look at cutting it back but you know like a 40 gram chocolate bar generally contains about 10 20 grams of chocolate so that's kind of good, I think. And also, as I said in this recipe book, I've got, you know, we put chocolate, I put nibs in our salads, and it's much better to sprinkle some cacao nibs on your salad and then not be eating chocolate bars afterwards because then you're not getting all the fat and the sugar. You know, I make um, burgers, I put cacao in burgers and put cacao in dips. So it, then I'm not eating lots of sugary stuff as well on top of that, you know? Yeah, got it. It's, is it cacao is a savory food it's only in the west that we decided to make it into a sweet so it actually makes more sense to just sprinkle some nibs on your salad like you would a few pine nuts or cashews or something and then you get the cacao energy but you're not having to load it up with all these other things as well makes total sense and something i think a lot of people haven't even considered you know because we think of cacao and and stuff made with it as just dessert and that's it not something to add uh the the sweet flavor to our food because once you get mm. the six flavors uh is it five or six flavors then you're pretty yeah, much yeah. satisfied you don't need to overeat stuff okay yeah. got, got one more controversy here um we've yeah. only got about three more minutes uh people are starting to people long-term raw foodists are starting to talk about adding animal protein to their food as i was saying you know they're saying that there's we're estrogen heavy and so men especially are going for more of the testosterone aspect and so they're adding animal protein do you have any ideas about that or comments um i know quite a few mums who have chosen to include world dairy and i think the main issue especially for us in the uk is the vitamin d and I think Shazzy brought a lot of this to light when she was researching Evie's kitchen. And I think it's becoming more and more recognised, this whole issue around vitamin D. And vitamin D is so essential. And, you know, I don't know what the weather's like where you are, but in England, we don't get enough sunshine to manufacture vitamin D. And so if you're on a raw vegan diet, the chances are you're vitamin D deficient. And if you're including the raw dairy products, then that is a really good way to get your vitamin D. We take vitamin D supplement. Um, so occasionally I'll give the children raw goat's cheese, but the, the EU regulations have just changed again. So you're not allowed to sell unpasteurized products. So it's, it's really hard unless you go direct to the farm. It's really hard to get raw dairy products in this country now. So personally, I just, personally, I don't want to eat them. It's just something in me goes, I don't, I don't want animal products. Um, so I'm really happy without them. <laughs> Um, but I can see why people would want the need for them. And I think, you know, as I said before, everyone's different. Everyone's totally different. We've all got different fingerprints. We've all got different, you know, different life experiences. And what suits one person isn't going to suit another. So, 
as I said before, this diet, I believe, is about tuning into your body's natural wisdom and your body's natural intelligence. And if your body's natural intelligence is telling you to eat raw dairy, then definitely try it and see if it works for you because I think it's really dangerous to not listen to your body for the sake of a set of dietary principles that you read in a book or that someone told you on a lecture it's much more wise to listen to your body and trial and error and experiment and find out really what works for you absolutely kate thank you thank you it's it's been a pleasure getting to know you uh i got your chapter we're going to put it in my new book thank you for listening check out my blog revelations.com slash weekly for a review of kate's book raw living detox your life eat the high energy way and it's available uh on my website rockin radio uh let's go remember go right now to register for let's talk raw.com thank you for listening we'll be back with another episode of rockin radio please feel free to go to rockinradio.com to purchase books and dvds by all of my guests to keep help keep this program on the air if you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program please contact me at spill your beans at rockin radio my engineer is bo astrup i'm revel Revity saying remember to revel in life and always play with your food bye for now